Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Good evening, Razorback fans. I want to welcome you to the one, the only Hog Talk podcast, live from the Amigo Provisions Company Studios. We are part of the Believe and Buzz Radio Networks, where you can hear us on all podcast platforms, as well as Buzz to 106.7 in Central Arkansas. So please like, rate, and review our podcast. All live shows presented by Arkansas Brewing Company in downtown Ozark. I'm Porter Hayes. Alongside me is Jacob Davis, and we're also brought to you by Bet Online, which remains your number one source for all sports betting this season. You'll find all the latest odds, team matchup infos, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. So head on over to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use your promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. And first of all, to all of our fans out there, happy Easter to everyone. Jacob, I hope you had a great Easter. I um, believe, what's this, number two for baby girl? Is this, this your second one with your number girl? Two, number number two. two for the baby girl. I'm telling you, before you know it, it'll be 18, brother. It was a busy day. I'll tell you what, before you know it, she'll be bringing the boyfriend to Easter celebration. You'll be like, where's the time gone? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> too soon, too soon. No, I uh, honestly had an unplugged type weekend. I, I got land north of Ozark where my grandpa was born, and my sister's building a house out there. And <clears throat> so we uh, went and appreciated God's country out there in North Franklin County. And I tell you what, it was much needed every time. Like when you went to the Cayman Islands, you just need to unplug, put the phone away for a little bit, and um, just enjoy. So, uh, but yeah, I'll tell you what. You, it seems like whether you do it, I do it, went to Disney. I don't know what it's about when we all decide to take a little break. Decides to be the busiest day of sports. All, I mean, break, all so, heck breaks loose, doesn't yeah. it? So, but anyways, how was your Easter, brother? And it was great. Uh, ate a lot. Ate, ate some dressing. Good <laughs> stuff. I asked where the... Uh, I asked where the cranberry sauce was, and they said that only comes with a Thanksgiving turkey. So I was kind of disappointed in that, but, man, it was pretty good getting to watch baby girl uh, uh, go hunt Easter eggs, be able to eat all the chocolate she wants to, and she's in the bed with mama right now. So uh, she's mama's problem having to fight the <laughs> chocolate uh, overdose going on right now. Speaking of that, uh, the, one of the most underrated candies out there is those daggum robin eggs. They're Whoppers covered in the chocolate shell, and I'm telling you, Look, we got them for the kids' Easter baskets, and I tell you, I don't know how it ends up happening, but only half of them end up getting in their Easter baskets. So I don't know where that other half ends up going, <laughs> but, you know, it is. But, no, like you said, huge, huge week uh, for Razorbacks. I mean, when it comes to basketball, all the returners, the commitments, uh, the commitments coming in, the transfer players, which we're going to end up breaking down. Uh, we are introducing a new segment to the Hog Talk podcast, we are going to be having Ethan Westerman from Whole Hog Sports coming on. He the, he just signed on with them, and he's going to be our boots on the ground when it comes to spring practice, football, basketball, everything he covers for Whole Hog Sports. So we'll introduce you to him here in just a short moments, but kind of break down, Jacob, you know, with, with the busy day, just kind of give us a rundown of everything that happened today and the commitments, and then we'll we'll talk about that more, go extensively into it with the, along with the Ole Miss uh, 
series win after our commercial break. Yeah, so man, it was it was pretty wild, man. I was been waiting around for that Traymon Mark commitment for a while. I was sitting on like a post and a story for for what seemed like forever, and you're thinking, man. When it, when is this gonna happen? And when is this gonna happen? And you're sitting there like, okay, he's come, he he comes from Houston. He's a defense uh, first guy, but he knows coming to Arkansas, he's gonna be able to work on his offensive game. He comes in and uh, he kind of lights the fire. He sets the tone for the day, and uh, then you get KJ uh, KJ uh, Jackson out of Montgomery, Alabama, a kid that won a uh, state championship at the 5A level there. Uh, threw for over 29 yard, 2,900 yards and uh, 42 touchdowns and uh, seven rushing. So the guy, he can get it done on both ways, a uh, uh, kind of a guy that, you know, you go from one KJ to another. I mean, exactly. probably eventually. Uh, if you're a uh, if you're going to be a Razorback, you're either going to be a KJ, a Williams, or a Sanders right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> so or, or did I say, I think I said Williams too. I mean, that's yeah. just, it, that's just how it goes sometimes. And I, I'm really enjoying, uh, uh, seeing this streak of commitments, they say it's not over yet. We've got a uh, uh, Khalif Battle, the uh, transfer from Temple. He was in this weekend. Uh, he's he's been on commitment watch for the longest time. He's a guy that he shot the ball well, like four over forty percent from the field, thirty eight or thirty nine from three, and a ninety percent free throw shooter. So uh, he's a guy that we're waiting on uh, for a commitment. And then I think there was another couple other guys there this weekend. So. Yeah, it's been a busy weekend, and I—I I mean, things aren't done yet as far as commitments go. And uh, I think on the football side, you can see a few more commitments. You saw Juju Pope uh, last night, the yep. linebacker athlete out of out of Mississippi. Arkansas is attacking the uh, state of Mississippi like like they never done before. Uh, besides a JUCO, uh, the JUCO trend under Houston Nutt, Arkansas hasn't really had the, as much success in the state of Mississippi. So uh, getting him here, uh, Coach Woodson, that's how I want to end, man. He is that guy. This is the best recruiting staff I think Arkansas's had, uh, and they're showing it. And and I think uh, the trend is going to continue on with uh, as long as you have the guys like Travis Williams and and Coach Woodson there. Yeah, it seems like a, it's going to be a big, you know, and that just shows you with Enos. You bring him in and what that immediately does. And that, that also tells, you know, you know, you could do all the coach speak you want and when you bring in these coordinators, but the recruits is what the telltale. When you bring in a coordinator and you're automatically getting four-star guys, five-star guys to come even look at you, you know you've made the right hire. You know, if they could go into, and that's what Enos was really good at, was the recruiting side of things. So you could go into a living room and, and being back in Arkansas, he knows what to look for. He knows what this team needs, so... But with that, we're going to go ahead and introduce Ethan Westerman to the show. Ethan, hey, um, got got your new job with Whole Hog Sports uh, and their new um, Whole Hog uh, Sports Network. Is that uh, say it correctly? I should say. But um, tell us about what's going on with that, and then what you've been up to since uh, you, you've been introduced to the Whole Hog Sports team. Yeah, um, we formed a Hog Sports Network, which is basically just a big, the way I'm thinking about it, I might be wrong, but this is the way I'm thinking about it. Think about it as, you know, you got your meta that's got Instagram, Facebook, all these. It's just kind of what we're grouping all of our stuff together as. We still got Whole Hog, Hogs Illustrated Magazine, uh, our um, game day extras in the newspaper, just all that stuff, just kind of one thing to put it all under. But um, but yeah, I 
extremely happy to get started with them. You know, uh, you know, I've been wanting to do yeah, this full time exactly. for a while now. Um, so it's really, really exciting for me just being out of college and getting the um, just the opportunity to cover, you know, the program that means so much to a lot of people across this state. Um, didn't I didn't ever think it would kind of get to this to where I get to cover the Razorbacks. To be honest, uh, two a little over two, two years ago, I was happy to just be sitting in a in the Bentonville High School girls soccer stands <laughs> with a notepad and my recorder to interview their coach. After I thought that was exciting, so I never thought I would come to this, but um, just through the mentorship of a lot of folks um, and the help of folks like you at games that. <laughs> have helped me out with my coverage. Just, it's uh, really exciting for me. I'll be covering um, pretty much anything and everything Razorbacks, but uh, with kind of a focus on still the beats that I've been on with the softball team, women's basketball, um, really all women's sports, and then uh, football a little bit more. I got my toes wet with it last year, getting to do, um, I did a scouting report for Hogs Illustrated Magazine. And then on game days, I would go, um, I'd write a story kind of post game from the other coaches perspective so i go into the away uh press conference which that was really cool there was like a stud lineup of away coaches for my first time ever doing that this <laughs> yeah. year i mean even the even the non-conference one it's like okay you have bobby petrino rolling in and q freeze for liberty so it was kind of you know for my first year covering a little bit of razorback football I, I i feel like i was spoiled i mean these are the coaches i'll just rattle them off these are the coaches that came into razorback stadium that i went to their <laughs> that I got to go to their press conference in my first year. It started with Luke Fickle. Then you got Shane Beamer and then Bobby Petrino. I went down to Arlington for Jimbo. Then there was Saban. Then there was Brian Kelly. Then Hugh Freeze. It just kept on going. Lane Kiffin came to town. I was like, what a lineup for my yeah, first year ever. Exactly. So, anyways, all that to say, really excited to do this. It's been a really cool experience so far. Um, and yeah. So what have you really, you know, what really? little you've got to seen, what have you got to notice out of this spring practice and, and the progression of this team underneath Enos and coming back with KJ Jefferson? Yeah. I mean, I've only been to one practice so far to be like, just to be honest, I started on Tuesday. So I got to go to a practice that afternoon and then was pretty tied up with softball over the weekend. But, um, so I was honestly just learning myself how they run the practice. They all got kind of have different stations that they spend a certain amount of time in. got to see, you know, it's, the spring game will tell a lot more than any of these kind of short viewing windows that you get of them doing a little bit of drill work. Well, but I mean, I was, you know, I guess I was just impressed most off. I think the receiver group um, was pretty solid, which, I mean, you, like I said, you can only tell so much. These type of scenarios, I mean, they look, they looked really fast. Isaiah Satanga, I think a lot of people have been talking about him um, because you saw what he could do in high school at Fayetteville and um, being such a high recruit. But I think that he's looking kind of like himself again after, you know, last year he didn't really contribute, um, didn't really get to play much at all either. But, um, yeah, I heard yesterday at, um, at the practice. So, um, if I'm not mistaken, to the last time they had a Saturday scrimmage, it was pretty much well known that the defense kind of, it was they were dominating, and then the offense was the case yesterday. So it seems like you know you got some good competition going on, which is what you always want. You don't want you know one side of the ball always looking better than the other. So, so yeah, uh, don't know too much about the 
house practices have been going because I've only been to one, but I'm excited to be going to some more now. So, yeah. So we got a comment here. Uh, Jason Redmond says, "Do you guys think we'll have a standout, possibly all SEC tied in this year?" Uh, I know they haven't had a. You know, they don't really have anybody uh, upperclassman-wise. They have a bunch of freshmen and uh, maybe a couple of sophomores there at that position, Jason. Uh, Luke has is one that's really going to, you know, show out early on. But uh, was there – as far as the tight end room there, Ethan, uh, did you see anything like – do you see – like do they look big? Do they, do they look engaged in the offense so far as freshmen? Did you, were you able to see that? on the field i was only there for 30 minutes one day so i don't want to give okay. a definite answer but i do know that uh i believe within the past week or two sam Pittman in one of his conferences says by name said that luke um i'm gonna butcher his last name is it haas it's has i think has, has. okay that's what he says um, it's kind of like it's kind of like a uh, uh, wagner <laughs> yeah. it's not yeah. wagner it's wagner <laughs> but yeah i believe yeah, he mentioned him by being somebody who he thought was at a schedule um so that's i know nathan is back which is a big body and um yeah. a lot of the i mean it's going to be a different offense of course having enos and then what you saw last year but um for anything that's uh predicated on getting some good tight end blocking i think he's kind of your big body blocker type guy so i think too and we kind of preach this you know we we kind of talked about it with you jacob last year about what they're going to need they're going to need a tight end to step up i mean and we got to see what he's going to do with this offense with, with Enos and especially with KJ, it's almost like you needed either a deep threat that was a missing piece or you needed a tight end to really, really get you almost like you, if you got a really good running back, you're going to cheat on the run and then you got a deep threat at wide receiver. So you got to respect both the passing game and the running game. Well, if you get a really, really good tight end who can block and catch, it's almost like when you had Peyton Hillis coming out of the backfield, <clears throat> you had to be where him on the passing game. And then you had Derek McFadden run the ball. They had the potential in his offense to develop an all-SEC type tight end. I just don't think they have it right now on their roster. But, I mean, you never know with these guys coming in in his offense with K.J. Jefferson. If they decide to go more tight end heavy on their passes in the short game and you've got a guy that you know you can go to on a third down, there's always that possibility of what you think coming into a season and then by November, December, you're like, man, we've developed a really good tight end who we can trust to get those third downs, who, you know, those third and goal situations, you can get him a couple of touchdowns. So, I mean, the potential is there, but I just I just don't see it this early on in in this part of the year. And, of course, with Enos coming in and, and just the roster development. Yeah, I will say I did I – th- I thought from the one practice I was at, I thought that it was pretty, like, upbeat and, like, good communication on the field, which is always something you want to look for whenever you have somebody, a lot of new people coming in and running <laughs> running things after these people have been under a different staff um, for so much of their college career, these, you know, the juniors and seniors. And it seemed like, I don't know, at least from my perspective, it seemed like there was a lot of good body language, a lot of good talking and getting around these drill works, um, the different stations. So it seems like, you know, people are buying into the philosophies of the new staff. Um, especially I know from what I've heard defensively, they're going to be a lot more aggressive, um, like rushing and stuff. And I think that a lot of them, the people on the line are really excited about that. Um, a lot of the linebackers, um, and the linemen and the, you know, your DMs. So 
from my from what the little I've seen with the body language and just communication and everything out there, I think that a lot of people are excited for these new um, for the new uh, like systems they're running on offense defense. Yeah, and that's uh, another thing that uh, as far as the transfer portal needs, uh, you may need to get some def- more defensive linemen because you don't have as much depth at defensive tackle as you do defensive end. You have plenty of guys you can just spit out there and and uh, do some things with on the ends. Uh, as far as like the defensive line, uh, they had 39 uh, sacks last season, which is the most Arkansas had in, I think, since 2011, 2010, somewhere around there. Uh, and they say this, you say in this defense is probably going to be more aggressive. Uh, do, do you think they rush the passer more? Uh, are they moving? You, uh, do you think they'll be more uh, going more to a four man front instead of a three man front? Yeah, I think they'll be, I think they'll change fronts more um, than they have in the pass. And I think that they'll be more aggressive rushing the passer. And talking about, they might need to go out and get somebody transfer. I think that there's a Minnesota D line transfer that's visiting. Um, what's his name? Uh, Trill Carter is yes. visiting this week, visited either this weekend or next weekend. So I do agree with you there. It, looks, it seems like they're trying to get somebody else to come in too. That'd be a huge part because they're lacking. They've gotten sacks, but it's almost like what we were talking about on the offensive side. It's all about what does an offense respect out of your defense. If they know you're not going to rush, if they know you're not a pass-rushing threat, you've seen what happened. The quarterback's just going to sit there and pick you apart because they didn't even – they were like, well, they're only going to bring three guys. They ain't even trying to really get the quarterback with some forefront sets. Or bring in some linebackers in. So if you um, get in and you start mixing things up, and even if you do a three man front and and blitz for, with four or something, you know you see all these stunts and showing four blitzing three. You know, it's anything you can do to confuse these offenses. But for the most part, you just seen the quarterbacks just sitting back there and just tearing apart their zone. But you y'all both said it perfectly. What they need the most is depth. You're playing in the SEC, and it doesn't matter what your non-conference schedule is. Playing in the SEC, you have to have depth. But come November, you're you're not going to be as productive as you were in August and, and, and September. And we'll say somebody else who um, the coaches have been high on and talking all about is Landon Jackson, which that's good to hear because I know there were a lot of good flashes last year where you're saying this guy's really making an impact on the game. I. I think that somebody um, stepping up this year, he said you need depth. If you have a guy like him on the first string who's kind of, you know, coming at you, and then you can put another guy in there. And it, that's, you know, why I felt Georgia has been so good the past couple of years. It's like it doesn't matter who's in there. <laughs> they're, they're Georgia. <laughs> yeah. Well, and another thing is this, I think this will be the most important. We know who the guy is on offense, K.J. Jefferson. That's your, your leader. Who's going to step up and be that defensive leader? Who's going to be the sounding board? Who's going to be the one that can get them in place and, and really lean on we like what we thought we were going to get out of Catalan? And we've seen what happened with that. I think that's going to be the most important piece of anything. You've got to have somebody say step up and be like, okay, I've got this defense. This is my defense. We're going to run things. That's going to be huge when it comes to the progression of next year. I'll I'll give you my perspective 
Ethan, if you don't if you don't mind me interrupting real quick, the Pooh Paul, Chris Paul, is a guy I think is going to be one to step up. And another guy that that I really think at the linebacker position can step up is a guy that was also in the press conference with Landon Jackson. I think it was either Tuesday or Wednesday, Antonio Greer, a guy, the, the transfer out of South Florida. Uh, Landon Jackson was talking about how – uh, happy and joyful he is to be around a guy that's always clapping and cheering him on in the weight room and a guy that's a voice on the field. And uh, they, they talked about him being a uh, uh, first uh, trying to get first team reps. And he says, look, man, I'm we're getting first, second, third, fourth team reps. He wants us to be able to communicate together. And I think communication on this team is going to be a lot more of a focus uh, considering how they communicated last year, especially with all the injuries. Uh, I think they're trying to develop more team chemistry across all three or four strings there because of the fallout they had last year with the, the drop in production uh, from the starters to the second string. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but there, there, there was a considerable difference uh, once, especially in the secondary. Yeah. I'm just excited getting to, learn and see these new faces that they brought in. Another guy who was in the press conference yesterday, uh, Loranda uh, Johnson, but he goes by Snacks. I don't know if either of you got a chance to watch that. It was, I mean, it was just hilarious in my opinion. I was trying not to laugh watching it. Um, He just, uh, I don't know. You just have to watch it. He just keeps his answers all super short, but apparently he's been making it. He's had a good spring too, um, at cornerback, but he, is just if you have a chance, you have to watch it. He just is like, yeah, like that. He answers questions like, <laughs> yeah. You kind of got to prod him on, but somebody was finally like, um, somebody's like, you just got to tell us like, what's why snacks? He's like, I like snacks. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Snacks? Uh, hot Cheetos. Uh, it, like it was a nickname I think he got his freshman year at Baylor. But I think there's a lot of new fun faces that with like their personalities that people are gonna like. I. Uh, and like you said, just the more depth you can have defense and bringing guys adding to those, you already had like Pooh Paul who had a really strong close to the year last year. Um, big bowl game too. Um, it's just, I, I think it's exciting. The more depth that you're seeing kind of built up. Well, you, you, you said something like you're getting a feel of this team having fun. And I think the past year, you know, everything was so uptight and, and, there was so much pressure on this team to come off that nine-win season, and, and then things weren't going their way, and they hit that skid, and it's like the, the pressure mounted, and it's like they just stopped having fun, and it was more, and you could just see things slip away. So it's really good for them, your, the mental side of it, to, to just, all right, we flushed last year out the way. Let's let's have fun. Let's, let's open this new season, you know, and have fun, and it seems like they're looser. And I think that's really going to help them come in because there's not going to be that pressure of going into this next season. Like, man, we have to win 10 wins. We have to win nine. You know, and I'm not saying you needed to have a year like they did last year. I'm not I'm not saying that was acceptable. But it's like when you come into the season like this with your new coordinators, I think you're. it's better when you come off a of losing, you know, not so much a nine-win season because the pressure's not there to follow up with another – we know how every football program is. You win eight or nine games, and they want nine or ten. So it's really good for these new really guys to come into there. this atmosphere and this environment of having fun. And my biggest thing I want to see is 
the the way and the chemistry between Pittman and Enos because of how things were when they left Arkansas the first time to put this all come back full circle. But like, all right, we're really going to show this university and we're going to show this state what we can do together because when Bryles was leaving and flirting, we were like, oh my, you know, what are we going to do? How are we going to, you know, who are we going to find to replace him? And it's like, okay, Pittman was playing chess while everybody was playing checkers. He already had his guy. He already had his plan B ready to go. When he 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 was already on the phone when with Enos when you know Bryles was flirting with Mississippi State. So I, I'm, that's the biggest thing I'm expected to see. Number one, who's going to be the you know the catalyst on defense and the chemistry between Pittman and Enos coming back together. Yeah, and I um, just bringing up kind of you know how you have one good year and the expectations completely change. You know how last year you know you're coming off that really unexpected nine win season where you're going to win the outback. Well, it's just almost like you, if you could flip 2021 and 2022, the seasons, it would make a lot more sense. And people would just be but like, I think people just got kind of brought back down to like, okay, this is still, this still is a work in progress. It's not like you, I mean, it was just an, kind of a unforeseen really ahead of schedule year they had in 2021 that set higher expectations for last year. And it got a lot of people, you know, a lot of people were upset with a seven win in a bowl win season, which that's how you know I think things are back in a good spot <laughs> considering the fact that, you know, 2019 you're losing to Western Kentucky by 20, 20 so. And I think I think South Carolina is going to probably experience what Arkansas fans did this past year, this year, because, you know, they're ahead of schedule as well with, how many wins did they have this year? Nine or ten? They had nine, I think, didn't they? Border would know. He's a fan of South Carolina. I don't want to bring it up. <laughs> I'm like the, the, the I'm like the college football playoff committee. You know, when you talk about South Carolina, I exit the I exit the conversation. <laughs> I don't like talking good about them. <laughs> but all that yeah, all that to say, I think that it's a it's a matter of, you know, you have one good season, you people have short term memory and forget, you know, right. what what having to build up from still and that that year where they won nine games i mean you had a lot of veterans on that team you had burks at receiver um first of all you have a first round talent at receiver you had um you know guys like uh grant morgan at linebacker who's just like as arkansas as it gets like you I mean you could tell every single snap he was <laughs> he was happy to be out there representing arkansas it's like last year just kind of you were missing i mean you had bumper out there but he was playing through injury most of the time it just seemed like that group that had such a good year in 2021, there was a lot of buy-in, and there it was a lot of a lot of experience on the team and a lot of talent. And I just think that people last year, um, it kind of, you know, it, it stings for a lot of fans. I think to you know take a step backwards again, but I, I'm like you got to realize it's what the, the project at hand still. What he was, what Pittman and the staff came in, and were, like I think that he said it. Uh, whenever Courtney got her extension with softball, he said whenever she uh, took over that program, it was worse than the football program was whenever I got back here. Um, and you've seen how, like, for the softball team, for example, I mean, they had some good years there early on um, that, you know, took you by surprise, like, oh, they're they're on the rise. But to get to the point where I think where fans are wanting to get to, it takes some years. <laughs> it doesn't happen in three years usually. Yeah, um, and especially with football. I mean, it, it just yeah, <laughs> it, it just it takes a long time. We've seen how long yeah. it took for this football to recover to get to this nine win season. I mean, we look at 
if you like, you brought up the, the Western Kentucky and the North Texas and all that stuff we were talking San about. San Jose State, yeah, Port, even the Portland State. I mean, you just look oh, at. Oh gosh, I mean, so, yeah. It, it, even winning that game, you're just like, and then the club dub after the Colorado State win. There was so many. It's almost like you. T- we talked last week about the the stoner fumble and uh, the fish fumble and all these the pop up at the baseball and it's like you had all that in a two year span. <laughs> With, with all these what ifs and these horrible plays, that, when it comes to the history of Razorback football and stuff, but yeah. but Ethan, hey and, man, uh, it's been. Go ahead, go ahead before we end. Yeah. So uh, one last thing uh, I really want to see is the hunger of KJ Jefferson, kind of like he had in that bowl game, you know, where he he wanted it. I, I want to see how uh, how much he wants it this year. Is he going to be able to wield his team? Uh, is I don't know. I mean, I know we talked about it earlier. Uh, is, was he very kind of verbal at practice? Were you able to catch that? Yeah, I mean, he had a good practice when I was at. They he took several uh, QB options, um, and he was he looked fast. Number one, so I was like, this guy's got wheels right now. And um, well, the thing is, it's it's so hard to read from these practices, the thirty minute viewing right. windows, because the defense isn't. You know, it's like like I said, the spring practice yeah. school say a lot more but it just seemed i mean like i said like everybody was kind of upbeat the body language just good it wasn't just him at quarterback i felt like was had a good body language and was talking about like the whole group was um got to see criswell um malachi singleton who he's a freshman coming i'm a i think he's one that down the road um you could see some some progression with he's really talented i got a chance to talk to his high school coach um whenever for our hogs illustrated magazine was doing little bios on each of the signees and his high school coach was like, this is a guy that if he's on your team, you have a chance to win. <laughs> he's just a competitor. And you could tell he, he suffered a foot injury his senior year um, of high school in Georgia. And he, uh, so I was, I was kind of just watching to see how mobility was. And he looked, he looked, at least to me, I couldn't tell that he was slowed down at all. He has good arm strength. He was super accurate. He threw a great deep ball. So I think the quarterback group is pretty uh, – it's in a much – one of the most solid places it's been, and I don't even know how long with that. I, Of course, KJ's your guy. He's he's one of the top – got to be top three quarterbacks in the SEC returning right now. Um, but I think there's guys behind him that you can be excited about um, for the future. And then – you know, it doesn't hurt to sign somebody. Uh, <laughs> the guy who signed the KJ Jackson. KJ yeah. Jackson, yeah. So yeah, it seems like just like to keep the KJ name in the in the quarterback room. Yeah, but uh, again, um, this is going to be a reoccurring segment, Ethan. Every week, eight forty-five, we're going to have you on break down what you know you've got to see out of spring practice. So next week, I'm sure you know with you getting more time in the practice facility and really breaking things down, you know, we'll get to see how much. And I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing how this progresses. And then, of course, with the spring game coming up, you know, your take on that. So, But, Ethan, again, it's a pleasure. And we'll, we'll look forward to seeing you next uh, next Sunday, brother. Yeah, for sure. And I hope you had a good – you went camping this weekend? Yes, sir. Yeah, I went, went out to God's country and uh, went, went camping on the family land and you know, unplugged for a couple of days. Hey, that is always good to do. Missed you out at softball, though. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna start coming back. I'm ready to get back in the swing of things and 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 getting back up Northwest Arkansas, and I'm looking forward to that. Before I get off here, I gotta say that Saturday softball environment was 
it, it was, I mean, I'm not going to say the best one I've seen yet because that the tech's super regional, great environment, but boy, it was perfect weather to get a walk-off home run in that setting. I mean, it was awesome. I think that uh, I just, it's one of, it was one of those like confirming moments for me that they had just got done losing two games in a series and drew that type of crowd exactly. out there and had a walk-off. I mean, it's a... They're one of the marquee programs, and in, in, you know, and you're talking about men's and women's. They're they're one of the marquee programs at Arkansas now, and that that's where they wanted to get it, and that's where we're looking forward to it getting bet, bigger and better. So, but man, every again, Saturday game, every Saturday game is at least three thousand right now, which that's just that's insane. unheard of. That's unheard of. Yeah. All right. Well, Some I appreciate teams you aren't getting that. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> so. All righty. Well, I'll get off of here yeah. and uh. Thanks for letting me hop on. I'm excited to keep on doing this. Yes, sir. See you next Sunday. Thanks, Ethan. Well, that was Ethan Westerman of Whole Hog Sports, and we're going to come up against the commercial break. When we come back, we'll break down everything with K.J. Jackson. A couple of basketball players announced that they're returning, got a commitment over the weekend. So it's going to be a busy second segment, and we'll be right back. At Fordham Lee Distillery, our bourbons look as amazing as they taste. A delicious, high rye bourbon aged over six years. Fordham Lee is a company founded on the principles of great folks and spirits worth remembering. Look for Fordham Lee brands at Walk-Ons, Liquor World, Busters, and soon everywhere in Northwest Arkansas that serves fine spirits. Fordham Lee Bourbon says please drink responsibly. 21 means 21. Fordham Lee Distillery, blended and bottled in Middletown, Maryland. Shelby Taylor Trucking serves all your timberland needs in South Central Arkansas. With over 50 years in the industry, Shelby Taylor Trucking has established themselves as trustworthy leaders in the industry. From planting to harvesting to hauling your timber, Shelby Taylor Trucking is ready to serve you. Follow them on all social media platforms at Shelby Taylor Trucking. Learn more by visiting their website at staylortrucking.com. That's staylortrucking.com. McCoy Tiger Drug Store of Sheridan, Arkansas has been the top pharmacy in all of South Central Arkansas since 1895. They were also the 2020 Good Neighbor Pharmacy of the Year. They not only fix you up with your prescription with timely and friendly service, but also an elite gift shop. All your OTC needs, baby and wedding registries, tuxedo rentals, and much more. They're located at 821 North Rock Street in Sheridan. Give them a call today at 870-942-5121. And I want to welcome you back to the Hog Talk Podcast and introduce you to our friends, Arkansas Brewing Company. At 201 South 1st Street in Ozark, Arkansas, they have all the great drinks uh, there in downtown Ozark, always having some good lunch specials, dinner specials, open from Wednesday to Sunday. So go down there and see Chris and Destiny Brockett in downtown Ozark. And, Jacob, tell us about our friends over at Amigo Provisions Company. Yeah, Amigo uh, Provision Company. You can catch all their uh, Razorback gear. They've got some uh, – Sweet camo stuff, uh, fishing shirts, uh, whether it's short sleeve, long sleeve. They're lightweight. Frio Tech shirts are just as cool as they are comfortable. Wear this for a quick afternoon. Fish out of the Frio uh, or the, be the talk of the tailgate and opening day. Uh, soft, lightweight material, but no collar side and underarm ventilation to keep you cool. Doesn't shrink. It's fast drying, and it's officially licensed by the Arkansas Razorback. So check them out, amigosprovisions.com. 
And while we're on the football subject, you know, Arkansas picked up a commitment from K.J. Jackson, 6'3", 215 pounds out of St. James School in Montgomery, Alabama. Um, Four-star. He's the 24th-rated quarterback out of Alabama or in the nation, 23rd overall prospect in Alabama. That's uh, uh, from 247 Sports Composite. So, I mean, we were talking about the K.J. to K.J., you know, and then just – how you're building this quarterback room and this depth. And it just shows you that, you know, you got a guy like KJ Jefferson in and what happens last, like last year, like what happens if KJ goes down? I mean, they realize you have to have two, three, sometimes four deep in that quarterback room of guys that, you know, you can step in. And I'm telling Mm -hmm. you, that's the hardest position, especially with the transfer portal. I think that's the hardest position to keep players at. And keep that stock because everybody wants to be a quarterback and they want to be that guy at that school. So if you can do anything to keep your locker room and, and these guys know their their roles and, and wait their turn and they become that new guy at Arkansas, it's going to benefit the Razorbacks very well. Yeah, and, and you talk about the, the depth at quarterback, and that's what Ethan was talking about in the uh, first segment was – You've got KJ. You know he is unquestionably your leader, your your starter from day one. I mean, he's going into his third year. He has the opportunity to break all kinds of records, whether it's passing and rushing as a quarterback. Uh, he's your leader. But then you pick up a guy like Jacoby Criswell out of the portal, a guy that's been sitting at, in, uh, at North Carolina for the past three years, a guy that, that came out of Moralton High School and – and wasn't even recruited by his home state school because the head coach was too busy trying to uh, recruit his own son and, and just shut down everything else after after uh, gaining the commitment of him. And then you're stuck without a quarterback after Chad Morris is fired. And and the recruiting the recruiting uh, idea of that of that whole situation there in 2019-2020 was just absolutely just just terrible. I don't know if there's any other way to, to talk about it. So you miss out on Jacoby Criswell in the class of 2020, but you get Malik uh, uh, Malik Hornsby, who was obviously going to be a, a – he's a track athlete, a huge time runner. They thought they could uh, mold him into kind of a hybrid Robert Griffin the third kind of quarterback, and it just didn't happen. You get Criswell back, a guy that went to North Carolina, sat behind two, one uh, NFL quarterback and then a potential probably top ten pick in the – in the 2025 draft in Drake May. So, I mean, it's not like Chriswell is not good enough to go and beat these guys out. It's just he was competing against some all-world type of quarterbacks in North Carolina. So he comes home, and he knows he has to sit sit behind KJ for a year, and the job's probably going to be his unless Malachi Singleton or, or KJ Jackson comes in as a freshman and, and completely tears it up. I mean, but, man, having him and then having Malachi Singleton, a guy that's just has a legit live arm and great speed at quarterback, they are finally set. This is probably the best this quarterback group has been probably since the 2015 season when they had uh, Brandon Allen, Austin Allen, and Rafe Beebe. And the fact is, too, you know, we know this year's set. You know, K.J. knows he's the guy. I mean, that's, that's – we're looking at the future. And when you got guys, and that's what I was talking about just a minute ago when it's important to have that locker room stacked because you're going to have competition. You're going to guys make it sh- – iron sharpens iron. And you're going to have guys in that locker room making each other better. They're going to be competing against each other. 
And that's what's going to make your four-star turn into a five-star, a three-star turn into a four-star, your development. What can make these guys better? And there's nothing like competition in the locker room. You know, and, and when you didn't have that, if you had a guy just saying, okay, this is automatically my team, you didn't necessarily earn it, but you were just the next guy up, you, you might not have that headspace of, look what I've had to battle through. Look who I've, you know, I had to go behind K.J. Jefferson and really had to battle against a freshman and a transfer portal guy to keep my job. You're going to respect that, and you're going to cherish that more when you really earn it, and you're going to produce more on the field. Absolutely. And then uh, uh, you just think about it like this. The, the team has a lot more talent now than it ever has under Sam Pittman. To be honest with you, you look at it, you look at the quarterback position, they're stacked with four-star quarterbacks. You're stacked with a with a elite quarterback that's starting. And then you look at your running backs. You've got a legit four-headed monster back there between Rocket Sanders, A.J. Green, DeBinion, and then you bring in a freshman in a, uh, Isaiah Gustave out of Florida, a guy that just looks the same build as uh, as uh, Rocket Sanders. You look at the wide receiver group; they're solid. Like they brought in a bunch, a couple of tr- three transfers, and then they bring in. Uh, you know, they're building up that depth there with a uh, uh, Isaiah Satania or uh, or. I mean, I'm I'm going blank on names, but you've got the depth there and you have the depth at offensive line. The only position really that Arkansas is lacking in uh, may just be the defensive tackle spot. If they can shore up some names, because you you lost uh, Isaac, uh, uh, shoot, what's that? What was was that defensive tackle? Isaiah Nichols. Yes. You lose him to Purdue. And and then you you know you're just kind of lacking there because the defensive tackle spot is one of the hardest uh, positions to recruit in all of football because there's just not that many type of SEC level defensive tackle guys and they're all going to like Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, Clemson. I mean they're they're always going to these bigger schools, so it's harder to really compete there. But you, you kind of had to scheme around it. But this is the best, deepest team I think Arkansas's had. And I'm really excited to see what they have, especially uh, this coming Saturday with the spring game coming. Yeah, that's going to be huge, you know, getting to look at this team. And, I, again, you know, it's going to be base. But, it's again, coming off of this year, it's nice to have some excitement. You know, you didn't come into this spring like, oh, well, we go off up, another losing, you know, down year and you know what are we going to expect how do we go you know you brought in uh, i've named it you know said his name multiple times he knows but you got kj coming back you got the receiving core coming back you got your running back core coming back there's a lot of excitement and if you can carry that over into the fall and your fall camp that's what's going to get you excited about this next year's team and that's what is really when it comes to the fans this is the best fan base in the country. I, mean, I know they're fanatic and they can be erratic and they can go off the rails sometimes just like any other fan base. But for them to see what this can be- become and show their support, I'm really excited to see how many people are going to be at the spring game this weekend. And then, of course, you know, when we have Ethan on next week, you know, get your take, his take, and, and, and see what we get out of the spring game. But we'll move on yeah. to the basketball front of it with another – Exciting. I mean, this guy come from Houston, Trayman Mark, averaged 10 points, 
uh, four rebounds and assists per game uh, for Houston. I mean, and like you said, it, they're going to probably go guard heavy in this transfer portal, which I know you see a lot of people wanting them to get bigs. Do, Jacob, do you think that's because they have a lot of faith in 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 Bayfall? Do you think they know that that's going to be their guy inside, or are they trying to secretly go after another big? I think they are going after another big. I think they do sign a more guard-heavy class because they struggled shooting the ball. They struggled scoring the ball at some points. I don't think it's really that they're really high on Bayfall as much as they're high on more like a Trevin Brazil and a Jalen Graham. I think you play uh, Trevin Brazil a lot more than you uh, than than you expected to this past season. Because, I mean, I think he's only averaging like 28, uh, 28 minutes a game uh, this past year uh, in his first nine games. But a guy that's really going to stretch the floor, you think about it, it when you have a Brazil on the court, you've got to – you may, you're going to have a key on minifield. And then you had the Khalif battle who who's visited this weekend. What if you add him, you get a trade Traymond Mark, a guy that's a potential Devo Davis replacement. Uh, and then you have, uh, if Jordan Walsh decides to come back and then you add in uh, Trevin Brazil, you're going to be able to play more of a five out set offensively. And then you'll be able to crash the boards. I think at a, a better rate than, than you were last year, just because you're probably going to be shooting more, uh, deep balls, maybe more uh, mid-range shots. I think that'll be able to uh, rebound better uh, in certain situations. So I think you may end up getting a uh, a guy or two, uh, maybe just one one uh, post player. Uh, I've been keeping my eye on the Marshall big man, uh, and then I've been keeping an eye on uh, BJ Mack, a guy that uh, I don't know if Arkansas is really prioritizing him or not. He's a guy out of uh, uh, Wofford out of the South Carolina upstate area there. Uh, he's like 6'8", 250, 260, uh, a really big, big guy. And that's what you need uh, for what you've been missing for uh, the last three tournament runs is a bigger guy uh, down there that will bang and get boards. Uh, he he was like a, I think a 12 or 13 point scorer in a game, about nine rebounds. But uh, Arkansas, I don't know if he's being prioritized by Arkansas because he's like they're he's his they're his last visit. So I don't know if Arkansas is prioritizing him or not. Uh, I know he was at LSU this weekend, so we'll see. I think it's always a fluid situation when it comes to uh, 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 the big man and the transfer portal stuff. I think there was an Oklahoma State guy yep, that I was just, just going to mention the, went into the portal this morning. Uh, I don't know how to. I'm not even going to try. Uh, just out of respect for him, I'm not going to. I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not gonna disrespect his name, <laughs> but uh, he's a guy I would keep an eye on as far as he he's been around the region. He started his career in Memphis and played the last two years at Oklahoma State. I think he's a guy to to keep an eye on. So we'll see. I think uh, I think you're pretty much set as far as the guards uh, go. So I think there was one more. I think there was a kid from VCU, uh, Jameer, uh, and my name my. my I'm going blank on names again, but uh, his first name was Jameer. He was out of uh, Virginia Commonwealth. He was another guard that visited Arkansas this weekend. That's the guy I would uh, keep an eye on, too. Yeah, that guy, Musa Cisse, out of um, Oklahoma State, 7-1. I mean, that that's, that would be another guy that you could just have inside. I mean, if, if you look at him, he, he's not a he's not a skinny 7-1 guy. I'm looking at his bio no. right now. and, and But another thing with Mark um, – 
Tremont Mark, you know, he scored 26 against Auburn in the tournament. I mean, he yeah. had a stretch there where he went 14, 19, 10, 10, 13, and 12 in uh, conference play. And, but he scored his uh, season high, 26 against Auburn, and then uh, earlier in the year he had 23 against Oral Roberts. So the guy, if you look, this is one of those facilitators like you're talking about when you know, you've seen guys not have a good shooting night and you need somebody to step up. That's the potential of what he can bring to this table of he can give you 20 points. But, again, like I, we were talking about the basketball, we need a guy that can consistently get you 10 to 12 points this could be that guy when it comes in to the program next year and you're talking about depth and what we think we could be losing with Arkansas basketball and what we could be coming in. Again, you've got to trust the importer when it comes to, you know, Eric Musselman and, and, and the transfer portal because you're bringing some flashy guys along with the guy from Washington or, yeah, from Washington last week. So, Again, building another juggernaut when it comes to a team that can make another Sweet 16 Elite Eight run along with Brazil. You know Brazil's going to come back with a full head of steam. Darian Ford and Pinion, you know, those guys are going to be another year in the program in the grind. And I love the fact that, you know, Devo's working. He still has yet to decide on what he's going to do. He could still come back. So we'll see what happens with all that. Yeah, with all these guards though that they're they're bringing in, there there's a potential there for for fans. You need to brace yourselves because Devo may not be here next season. I mean, he had a great NCAA tournament. He had a great uh, uh, SEC tournament or SEC play in general in the regular season. A guy that's really come along and quadrupled his production as far as shooting the basketball and kind of kept that same level shooting wise, like percentage wise. He was still making the same uh, uh, amount of baskets when he was even – he was taking four times the amount of shots he was taking the last two years. So he's a guy that I think his stock is as high as it's ever going to be, and it, it was time to take him. Uh, Nathan Klein says, when do we expect to hear from Anthony Black and Jordan Walsh? Uh, I don't know really, but I anticipate we may hear something early this week, uh, maybe even Monday. I'm not saying that I have any kind of insider information there. I just feel like, I mean, with with uh, the anticipation of maybe some guys that were here this weekend wanting to uh, announce that we'll see a couple of guys announce their departures, and it could be Anthony Black and Jordan Walsh. Jordan Walsh is a guy that really helped himself in, well, with his stock and the, the way he played in the postseason, a guy that really he developed throughout the season, and he, may, he could be a first round, late first round, maybe early second round draft pick. He could be. I'm not saying he will be, but he could be. So kind of watch out for that this week uh, because I think there's a couple of guys that are probably wanting to commit. So I think you might see that right away. Yeah, it, it, we'll, we'll see what happens with all that. But we're going into the show with a little baseball talk. I know we told you all last week we're going to slowly transition into, you know, more of the, the baseball and stuff. And I'll tell you what, getting a win at Ole Miss – you know, and going to a doubleheader because of the weather, and you win the first game 11-2, you lost the second game 7-4, and then you won 6-4. And courtesy of Hogs Plus, who, again, like I said, all sounds and, and content we'd love to show you, this is what Dave Van Horn had to say after that clinch win, and especially after a pitcher we will mention after we get done. A lot of things running through my head right now. But first, we need to tell Gage what a great job. Yeah. 
kept finding a way to punch runs in. We got McIntyre who's not feeling very good, gave us four plus. We got a couple really big hits there, two out hits. And when they hit the home run, the guy that hit the home run is one of the best players in the country. And he got a pitch and he delivered. The guy didn't panic. Just kept fighting. We punch in a couple runs. We punch in a run. And we said, hey, freshman, here's the ball, finish the game. And again, thank you to Hogs Plus for, you know, giving us the permission to use all the soundbite. But, man, I wanted to talk about Gage Wood. And and if he may reach out to Darren McFadden and say, can I, can I use the phrase brought the wood? Because I'm telling you, another Arkansas kid and pitching nails, second week in a row he stepped up and really delivered a performance. So give it, give it out to Gage Wood again for coming in and closing the deal. 6-4 win over Ole Miss. They have a two-game set in Fayetteville against Little Rock before the most anticipated. And, and Jacob, right quick, do you think, I mean, this is early. Do you think that, I mean, what has happened with the lackluster of, I mean, even last year, when they when we found out that this Tennessee-Arkansas series was going to be played, do you think it's lost some of its luster? Or is it just because everybody was so focused on the basketball you know, that they haven't – oh, now we're here. Do you think that's going to ramp up? But I haven't really heard too much buzz about the Tennessee series coming up this weekend. And it may be because Tennessee is not as good as they were. They, I mean – Are you flashing the pan? They, I don't know. It's just – it's a weird deal because they just have not looked as good. I mean, they. I mean, obviously they, they played – I think was it – was at LSU last week, and and they won one game in the series. But look, nobody's nobody's beating LSU in a series this year. It doesn't look like they're just a a very good team. But L, I mean Tennessee is just looking really solid. Uh, I mean our, our LSU is looking really solid. Tennessee, on the other hand, is just kind of looking like they're just mid of the pack SEC East team. And I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that because the SEC is quite the loaded uh, conference. I mean. You're looking even at the SEC West, I mean, I was surprised that Ole Miss, who won the championship last year, is struggling at the at the way they are. And then you think about Mississippi State, they're struggling. Uh, but, I mean, this this league is so deep. Uh, but I think, I mean, obviously you have uh, the former assistant coach coming, uh, Tony Vitello coming to town. There's obviously going to be a little bit of – Rah rah going on. I think once uh, once the game gets closer, once the series gets closer. But I'm really excited to see. I'm really intrigued by it. But man, Arkansas. I think they're trying to figure out the pitching rotation. I think they have uh, maybe on their Friday and Sunday parts. Maybe a little bit of Saturday, the second game. They're gonna they're a little bit shaky. But I think once Arkansas figures that out in the second game, what they're gonna do with the pitching wise. I mean, I wouldn't want to face Arkansas in, during the months of May and June at all. Yeah, and speaking about Tennessee, you know, they had that series against LSU. They lost two or three. So, you know, you had to play LSU, and then you had to turn around and play Florida, which they're ranked two or three, depending on your your voting source, but lost two or three out against Florida. So they're coming off of playing LSU, the number one and number two teams in the country, and then they get Arkansas. So that's really going to be one of them things where I know inside that Arkansas locker room, they're not taking Tennessee lightly. I mean, it's just the way it is. So, but the fans might, you know, because they look at, you know, Tennessee, right. they're one and six on the road. That, that They win at home. They're 20 and three at home. 
and one and six away from um, their uh, their stadium, Lindsey Nelson Stadium. Yeah. But yeah. I'm looking forward to it because we've been looking forward to this series all year. It's it's the one that people will be flocking to Fayetteville for. Uh, the uh, Tennessee Volunteers are sit, currently sitting at five and seven in conference, and then twenty two and ten overall. So um, we'll see, you know, what happens. But again, this pitching rotation set up nicely. The Little Rock playing them. To, I was talking to you know baseball guru Kevin Bohannon. You know, my question was, especially with the importance of this series, does it hurt them playing Little Rock? You know, two games set. Usually it's just a midweek game and then you get ready. But you're playing them, you know, two games before. And he said, you know, don't worry about it. You know, and Arkansas is sitting 25 and six right now, eight and four in conference, 20 and two at home, three and, you know, you're three and three away. So this sets up for a very good. Now, again, fans, you know, just a disclaimer do not fret if this team drops one of these games to Little Rock. Not saying they will, but I'm just saying if they drop one of these games to Little Rock, you know, you got to look at the big prize of what you're coming up on Friday and Saturday and Sunday, and, and yeah. you don't want to mess that pitching rotation up just to win a game against Little Rock opposed to you're saving them for Tennessee. Yeah, and you brought up a good uh, point there with Kevin Bohannon. Uh, he, I remember during the preview show uh, before the season, he said that, you know, Arkansas, they're having to play this tough schedule, and, you know, if they can go 18-12 and 12 in conference, I mean, they'll be sitting pretty. Look. I mean, they make they could finish this thing eighteen and twelve or even better. And then you're looking at Tennessee because Tennessee was getting so much height before the season, and and they're sitting at five and seven. They got swept by uh, they got swept by Missouri, lost the series uh, to LSU in Florida. Like L- or Tennessee is looking like what we thought Arkansas might be this year, maybe taking a step back because of all the pieces that uh, they lost. But man, I really, I really think that Dave Van Horn is doing a really good job right now at getting this roster assembled for another deep run of the tournament. And I mean, I really, I'm really liking what Gage Wood is doing as a guy that, you know, closing out games second straight weekend. He's just, he's just up there. He's throwing his stuff. He's not doing anything special. He says, I'm going to give you everything that's my best and you're just going to have to beat me. And I really like what Gage is doing. They're, they're hitting the ball well right now in uh, on the on the first and third games and if they can just kind of piece it together on the Saturday game I think Arkansas's they're they're set to have some success well and you have like you're talking about with Gage Wood you have a closer like you know if it's a if it's a two-run game one run game three one game you know you you can get a guy and that just built two weekends in a row he's come in yeah and really closed the door that just does nothing but give him confidence, and if you've got a guy who can come in and feel like I can beat any team in the country, that's all you need. I mean, just mm-hmm. that that extra pump could give him an extra mile or two on his fastball, a little bit extra spin on that breaking ball. You never know what that adrenaline does. And, again, right. I say this because I love saying this about these in-state kids. There's just something different when those Arkansas kids – it's almost like it's a, a in-state boost on your AI when you're playing your 2K. You you're an in-state kid. You actually <laughs> you automatically get some extra tribute points to uh, right being a Razorback. And and I mean I, I really want to shout out to Hunter Holland too, a yes. guy that 
Uh, I mean, he's shutting it down as a starter, too, on, on your uh, Friday night. He is a true freshman, goes down to Mississippi, uh, pitches six innings, uh, gave up three hits, uh, walked three guys, struck out four on, uh, uh, let's see here, on 97 pitches. Man. He's a guy that he's been your solid Friday night guy for a couple of weeks now. Uh, He's starting to churn it out as a freshman. He's looking really good. I think Arkansas, they're just recruiting so well. And here we are again thinking, okay, for them to make that deep run, they're going to need that offense. They're going to need that pitching uh, depth to really come along. And Arkansas has got some dudes up there on the mound that that are throwing straight heat. And they've got some guys there that, uh, hitting wise, like TJ, and you and you've got Peyton Stovall. He's coming alive. You've got Jace Borfin, who's streaky. Like he was up to four seventy uh, at at bat, uh, uh, and then he's kind of he's kind of slowed down the past couple of weekends. But he's a guy that you know you got some pop at the plate. Uh, you've got Jared Wagner, who's hit I think fifteen home runs this season so far. So Arkansas's got I think a perfect kind of a mixture of offense and defense and pitching uh, that kind of reminds me a little bit of the 2018 team that was one out away from winning the College World Series. It's hard to do that. It's hard to win a College World Series. It's a crapshoot, but this team gives me hope and and gives me an idea of, hey, this is kind of what they're setting up to from four or five years ago. Yeah, and really looking forward to this series. Again, you know, when we come back to you next Sunday and talk about this, hopefully we're talking about an Arkansas series win. You know, we'll really break things down and and really break down game by game. But, you know, a very important season because series because you see how Tennessee's down right now. They had to play LSU Florida. You want to keep them down. You know, you want to keep that foot on their throat. You know, you don't want to give them that momentum to be another team that you've got to look at it when it comes to – the, the seedings of regionals and super regionals and your seeding in the SEC tournament, which we've proven and they've proven that of all the sports, the SEC tournament really doesn't matter to them as much as the other ones. I think I think uh, Dave Van Horn got his uh, SEC tournament win. He's like, okay, I've got that trophy. Now, <laughs> now we'll just worry about getting get, getting Omaha and winning that one. But, but Jacob, right. uh, you want to wrap us up? You got anything else before we wrap things up? Yeah, I think I gave every single bit of information that you could squeeze out of me. I think I got it out today. So, right. yeah, I, I would pay attention to some recruiting news this week. I would pay attention to uh, some some fluidity as far as the basketball roster goes. You may be able to see some football recruiting news go. Uh, just stay stay tuned to Twitter. We'll have uh, and, and Facebook. We'll have you up to date information as recruits come. Uh, we'll we'll do our best to get that out there as quick as we can. But man. Uh, like uh, like always, go and uh, like our page on Facebook or, uh, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, if you haven't, leave us a uh, review and a rating on uh, Apple and Spotify and, and iHeartRadio, uh, and, and uh, that way you can help us get our message out to more Razorback fans. As always, I'm Jacob Davis. And Porter, man, it's right. great, to, great to have you along, man. Great I, I love doing this with you. That's, man, it, it, I love it. And, you know, having Ethan aboard now, you know, giving us some insight, you know, with the football program and stuff. But, yeah, it's going to be good. Looking forward to next week and what we get to talk about, hopefully get to talk about some players returning and maybe get some others in the transfer portal. But this is always a great time of the year and and the spring practice, Tennessee series. I mean, look, if you're a Razorback fan, you need to be in Fayetteville (laughs) because there's a lot of stuff (laughs) going on this weekend. 
But for Jacob Davis, I'm Porter Hayes. We'll catch you this week on the Weekly Women's Sports Report and then again on next Sunday. Go Hogs. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.